welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for Asian converts and Asian fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to another movie club. So I love this new trend of being able to see K-pop movies in, co- in theaters. It's really great. It's really great. So we went and saw the new 17 movie, 17 The Power of Love, the movie. Uh-huh. Um, and we took really hard to decipher in the dark <laughs> notes. And it was also a week ago. So, um, I'm a little worried there might be some holes in this recap, but, but, but we did receive so many emails and voice memos from carrots all over the world who also saw this movie. Mm -hmm. So I think all together, we're going to be able to fill in all the gaps and give a good picture of the Mm -hmm. movie. (laughs) Yeah. I am like 95% confident in my version of the set list. I have a few (laughs) questions or a few songs that I'm like, maybe I got this wrong. But for the most part, I think I got all the titles right. Um, but yeah, this was a, a, another like sort of concert slash documentary movie. We weren't really sure what we were getting ourselves into because I had completely missed the like initial run of this movie yeah. in theaters. I just like, I guess I wasn't paying attention. But what we saw last week was an encore showing. So they had like run the movie kind of like the Monster X movie with just a couple of dates back maybe like a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. And then um, they brought it back because it was really popular. So thankfully, we all got another chance yes. to see it. So uh, last Wednesday, like same as we did for the Monster X movie, and I guess warning ahead of time now, in the Monster X movie, we kept bringing up the SM documentary because it was the only one we'd seen. And I feel like today we'll probably be Bring like, up the Monster, the Monster X, X one. Because yeah. <laughs> we're trying to figure out what this genre of K-pop concert movie like even means. Yeah. So anyway... Mm-hmm. Same as Monstax, we went down to the Universal City Walk at Universal Studios mm-hmm. um, to check out the movie. Yeah, there were more people in the theater for this one. I would say there was like 20 to 30 people that were like in multiple groups. Mm-hmm. I feel like at the Monstax one, there was just like two or three other groups with us, but mm-hmm. one of them was really big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there were more people in this theater. But... We were sitting like there was like two separate like sections. There's like the up high part and the down low part. And we were like the only there was only one other pair with us Mm -hmm. in the down part. And they literally did not move, did not blink, did not clap, like just sat there completely still the whole movie. But I think I could hear people behind us being more rowdy. But again, it was loud. It was so loud. Oh my God. The mo- the <laughs> whole thing, even from the like trailers to like the credit to the ending credits was so loud. I like should have worn earplugs. I didn't even think about it, but I guess I'm getting to that age where mm-hmm. like movies are too loud. <laughs> but I also was like, wow, it's so loud that I don't even feel self-conscious about singing along because you can't hear I can't me. even hear myself yeah i could barely hear myself the thing i did get self-conscious about was how much dancing i was doing because i was like i hope i'm not like moving the entire row Mm -hmm. of seats because these people are statues yeah they like literally didn't move (laughs) and i also wondered what the people behind us thought because a lot of moments like if like boo was hitting a crazy high note i would just like raise my arms like yeah so i don't know but it sounded like people were maybe having more fun in the back so i hope I couldn't, it didn't feel like a rowdy screening or anything. It definitely but, was not rowdy. But I think people were trying to have a little bit of a good time yeah, back yeah, there, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. 
But so uh, the general premise of this movie, which we didn't know at the beginning of it, we weren't sure like what it was going to be. And kind of like in the Monstax, we were curious, like, are you going to introduce the members? Like, are we getting like a timeline documentary of like who is 17? And no, that's not really the purpose of this movie. The goal of this movie is to just create like a sort of making of for the Power of Love concert series, which was an online concert that they put on um, fairly recently. Um, And that obviously went with their last album, um, Attica. Um, But so, yeah, so the whole thing was in that same way of Monsta X kind of about the concert that they're putting on. But unlike Monsta X, they did not ever once reference the fact that they were making a movie about it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That was not part of it. Um, But like the movie, I mean, there was, first of all, there was a bajillion trailers for this movie. So many. Which I wondered if it was like, had something to do with the way that Hybe released it or something. Because I feel like the Monsta X movie had a single Spider-Man trailer, a trailer for like the opera, watch the opera at the Uh movies, and then a commercial for the new Monsta X album. And that was it. This was like a full 20 minutes of like Mm -hmm. just a bajillion trailers. And like all kinds of different movies, like not just like music related documentaries or whatever. But yeah, so tons and tons of trailers. But I did want to, I needed, a trailer came up and I needed to write it down just because I don't know if I'll ever get another chance to say this on the show. But there was a trailer for Boz Lerman's new Elvis Mm -hmm. movie. And it has been discovered lately through things that Boz Lerman has been posted on posting on Twitter about the Elvis movie that he is like a deep shawl. Boz Lerman <laughs> loves Shiny and keeps making comparisons to like Elvis went to the military and Shiny had to go to the military. Oh, I saw and his, like I saw he his follows post all about of them Shiny on Instagram going to the military just like Elvis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or Elvis going to the military just like Shiny. Yes, I yes, exactly. <laughs> That's an important distinction. But I had to write that in my notes so that I would remember to bring it up in case anybody didn't know that. But I love that. Yeah, that's really fun. I love that. Um, but yeah. All right. On. So the movie. The movie opens. Um, and high it, oh, Blogo. Yes. High Blogo. Because in case you're wondering who's putting this movie together, it's Hybe. Um, And we open with like fan chants. 17. 17. And we get footage of like insanely huge crowds at stadium concerts with like all their light sticks etc and we get a voiceover from Uzi who's talking about how it was never his childhood dream to be a celebrity um and then we get and then we cut to like different member one shots and interviews where they're all like they're all dressed so like nicely and kind of like fall outfits Mm -hmm. like sweaters and jackets and they're in this like brick room with a director's chair they're like sitting in a director's chair like alone doing the interview and they obviously came like one at a time because there's a few points in the movie where one of them will be like is coops gonna be here later or whatever like (laughs) has he done his yet uh but so then anyway it's just like a montage of the different members talking about what they wanted to be when they grew up um when they were kids and most of them did not want to be idols i think dino was the only one who was like i always wanted to be a celebrity like after i saw michael jackson i wanted to be a dancer Mm -hmm. um and so we just get like their childhood ambitions and then we get concert footage of like vcrs and crowd shots um and dk and coops start talking about what it took to like prepare for the power of love concert and this 
this was a little, I was confused because I was, because they were showing footage of what I later assumed is from their like ode to you tour. Like that's where all the crowd footage was Mm. from. But the way that they opened this and set it up, I thought the power of love concert was like their first concert post pandemic of Mm. like first concert back with a crowd. It but is no, not because that, that is just crowds just came back like two weeks. Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so I was confused, like because they kept showing so much footage of the crowd, uh, but the crowd was not there. This was an online concert, and it opens with "Crush." So that's our opening number. Anything to say before we talk about the tri- the opening track? Um. No, just my only thing was I thought it was interesting that both this movie and the Monster X movie like started exactly with the same voiceover. Somebody being like, my dream? Hmm. Like they both started with like, we're talking about dreams. (laughs) And then I also thought it was really interesting that after that part of them all saying what they wanted to be when they grew up, they just very, very quickly like told the story of 17, but not real. Just like very quickly were like, and then we trained and then we debuted and like cutting between them. And it was like, it felt like a really rushed like here's what 17 is i guess mm. moving on like they weren't they weren't trying to like actually introduce them introduce them, yeah. them or and tell they any made kind no of... effort to name any of the members no. there were no title cards or anything like you already know who these people are or else what are you doing in the theater yeah so then we get the so the concert the crush and this i like was immediately like taken aback by the first like moment of the Mm -hmm. concert of it all because the way that they filmed this one felt so different from every recorded pandemic concert I have watched so far where like usually pandemic concerts seem to have like a music show amount of cameras where you Mm -hmm. get the like one wide of the stage and like a close-up but this felt like it was filmed like a concert dvd absolutely like there were cameras far away and all over the place and there was a camera for all 11 of them that were there yes and And it didn't feel like a sound stage like the other concert pandemic concerts or online concerts i thought all felt like they were in a small in a really little room and this felt like it was at a stadium and like and they they just weren't showing us the audience exactly they just weren't showing the crowd and like the sets were really elaborate like way more elaborate than the rest of the um, online concerts I've seen and I'll like mention a few of the different like stages or whatever that they did but it was just a much it seemed like a stadium scale concert Mm -hmm. in a way that the other online ones didn't. But so it opens with them like making a super dramatic entrance. Everybody's wearing black. They have like different black bedazzled sparkly jackets. Um, And they do crush without China line. I noticed that like halfway through the the number because I was like so ecstatic. I love crush. Such a great opening number choice. Um, And their mics are all on. They all sound great. And then like halfway through, I was like, wait, that line belongs to me now. And then I noticed the China line wasn't there. And it was confusing because before the the song had started, we had seen China line yes. give their little director chair interview. So they were in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it just like there was disconnect. Like, oh, I guess they weren't yeah. here for the filming of the concert. Yes. Part. And it becomes a little odd like after this because... They are, like you said, included in the interviews, but it is not addressed that they are not there for another several songs. Like, yeah. I made note of when they finally addressed it. said something. It. But, like, they just 
I, I, for a good like 20 minutes, I was like, are we just going to pretend that they are there? Because like, I noticed that they are not there, <laughs> but whatever. So after crush, uh, we cut back to interviews and the members are discussing like what it was like to perform without a crowd. So mm-hmm. this is where my question was answered of like, wait, is there a crowd at this concert? Especially because of like you were saying the way it was filmed, I would have believed that yeah. there was a crowd there. Um, so then, you know, Dino talks about how it's an online, it's like their first online concert that they're doing without an audience. Um, so they, it, the whole power of love was like a, I think three day concert event or something because they have like three different versions of uh, the uh, concert. Uh. And this movie is featuring the love version. Okay. Um, so the members talk about how they didn't have the energy of the audience, but they wanted to take advantage of having the cameras. Um, so they tried to like when staging the performance, think about how they can sort of like blend the idea of like a concert with having the advantage of like being able to manipulate the cameras, which was cool. Cause there were certain shots where they had like overhead shots and you could see like the whole choreo from like an Eagle eye. View. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. They did a lot of cool stuff with it. And then we went back to the concert for anyone. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. There is actual walls of fire like coming out oh of the god, stage. Oh my god, the amount of indoor fireworks in this movie was fucking crazy. Yeah, so many fireworks, <laughs> so much like actual fire, just like flames in front of their faces. Um, and I wrote that you could see the ba- you could feel the bass in your bones because mm. it was so goddamn loud. It was so loud. Um, but yeah, I don't know. My notes for this are just like melty. I just have like winky coops, rude vocals, like butter DK, my angel. And then I wrote down that they did an extra dance break and that the whole choreo just goes so hard. Yeah. I would agree with all of that. Yeah. I would agree with all of that. <laughs> yeah. I found myself just deeply overwhelmed so many times by so yeah. many moments and shots. And I like, don't think I wrote enough of them down specifically, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried to like frantically like scribble like anytime something in particular happened and it usually just ended up being like a an initial with like exclamation points <laughs> and I would be like, oh, Jonghan did something. Yes. What? I don't know. Jonghan did a lot of things. <laughs> I feel like the person who got some of the most like reaction out of me were like some of these Jonghan like moments yeah. that were like, oh my God. He's just so pretty. <laughs> He's so freaking pretty. It's crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, after anyone, we get the first of these like little transitions, which becomes kind of a motif, but not really. But not really. And that is that we see this like retro TV, obviously set up in the same room that all of the other interviews are happening. And it shows a title card, which this one says the beginning. And then on played on the TV. So the camera is like filming the television and that's how we watch this footage. We see a montage of footage from the 17 project, Mm -hmm. which is their pre debut project. Um, and a voiceover from the members, like explaining that they had to get a thousand people for the stage and like what was happening. Um, and the part where their parents surprised them. Yeah. Cause that's a whole scene. That's like a whole series that they did before they debuted where they basically had to like earn their debut 
and they had to get a thousand people to go to the stage and then afterward their parents surprise them and present them with their rings um and it was like oh my god the tears everybody (laughs) cried i cried everyone cries um but anyway so then we get interviews and the members reflect on like the beginning um and they talk about like their first music show win and we get on the little tv a montage of their first music show wins they talk about how everybody cried even woozy and uh, my only note for this segment is that I noticed that Ming Hao's little director's chair outfit was like a monotone version of what Bert on Sesame Street wears because <laughs> he had a little turtleneck and like a V-neck striped sweater. But instead of it being like brightly colored, everything was beige. But I was like, Bert, he's dressed like Bert. And that's all I wrote down <laughs> for this part because I wanted to remember A worthy it. note. A sure. worthy note. So then we go back to the concert for Clap. Um, but it opens with this was absolutely crazy Uzi alone on the stage fucking wailing (laughs) on the electric guitar in a way that we've never seen him do before. He was Prince. He was was Prince his little self and his guitar just wailing. Yes. 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 And then we get this extended dance intro with, again, actual fire um, before we finally get to the, like, iconic, et cetera. Um, and then it ends. The They did, like, a like I said, they extended the dance. And at the end, they do this, like, extended dance break where Vernon, like, broke dance, break danced. How do you say that in past tense? Broke dance? <laughs> I don't know. He did some break dancing, in which he pulled off. He did well. And then the mem- they did like a bit where all of the members like had to repeat whatever move he did. And they like all failed at it. They mm-hmm. did it very poorly. And Coops was super giggly and it was cute. I think that must be, I truly can't read most of my notes. <laughs> but I think I wrote like, silly sweet and frantic or something i don't know what i wrote but i think i was trying to like capture that they got really silly at the end of yes it started super serious and then it ends on like kind of a goofy note which was fun um so then we cut back to interviews and this was kind of strange because coops specifically we cut to coop sitting in his little director chair and he straight to the camera, introduces himself as s coops and like greets the carrots that are like coming to the movie but he's the only member who introduces himself. Nobody Mm -hmm. else does. Um, And all the rest of the members just start to define or discuss like what is the power of love. Yeah. And like what is love and when do you feel the power of love? Um, And I just have carrots. Like that's my only note because they basically just say like when we are, whenever they interact with the carrots and, and they talk about it in different ways. Mingyu said something funny about like, pinky pinky like love is something about like pinky pinky happy rose like he said something (laughs) really silly and i was like you're weird um yes yeah so this was just kind of like um it had it went back and forth it included like shots of them sitting in the chairs but then it also had like a montage of like a dramatic photo shoot um Mm. with like voiceovers of their interviews or whatever and that photo shoot comes back a couple of times um but i don't know but only in like the same like b-rolly way of like having something while yeah having something that isn't just them sitting in the chairs so then we're back into the concert and this time we're doing crazy in love 
And Wanwu is going to start us off because like Crazy in Love has a cool like theatrical opening where he's like writing with a quill. And this had like a whole built up set of like a library office. It was like he's, a mystery romance novel, like yes. something. Like and, Yeah. He gets to do this like extended, like instrumental, like drama walk and like bring you into the, to the performance of it all. And he's wearing red eyeshadow and he looked so fucking good. <laughs> he looked so good. They're all wearing the same black outfits, but now they took their jackets off. Mm-hmm. So they're just like wearing different like blousey pirate shirts. And then they're like nice fitting pants. Everyone has different boots. Everyone has like different cuts. They Each one of them has their own little like style. Um, and I wrote down that Jung Han was wearing waist jewelry. <laughs> he has like a whole necklace all around his waist. And it was wow. dangly and it was great. Uh, this was... I loved this. I love this song. <laughs> I love this choreo. Seeing it really big was really great. I just, the, the choreo is so good. The and everyone's like so booty good. popping and acting mm-hmm. so coy. And like, oh my goodness, 17. 17. And like Joshua's chest is so big. And then just like seeing it even bigger, <laughs> even bigger. on the screen was like, sir, put your jacket back on, please. Put them things away. <laughs> All right. So then we're cutting back into some interviews. Um, and now we're t- we have a network love instrumental behind this because now June mentions that China Line is not there. Okay, yeah. So finally, I mean, this is like one, two, three, four songs in. Right. At least a good 20 minutes. Now we're addressing the fact that June and Ming Hao have not been in any of these stages. Um, so June talks about how they had like scheduling um, in China that prevented them from being there for the online concert. Um, they had like gone home to spend time with their families. And then each, I think they each had like different solo activities uh, as well. Um, they don't really go into the details of that. That's just what I remember from when it actually happened. Um, and June and then Ming Hao talk about the LED stage that they prepared for Network Love at the Power of Love concert. Because Network Love is a show, I mean, is a song with all the international members. So June, Minghao, Vernon, and Joshua. Um, and it is about, like, connecting through the internet and, like, having, you know, like, internet friends or whatever. Um, and so they did this LED stage where, like, Minghao and June were projected. Like, on, their parts were just, like, projected on big screens mm. while Vernon and Joshua, like, were on the stage with the dancers. And Minghao was talking about how, like, it fit the theme of the song. So they felt like it was a good, like, a good substitute for the uh-huh. fact that they couldn't be there. And then we cut to that stage. Yes. So we get to watch Network Love. And I just wrote, everyone shut the fuck up. I need five million hours. Those are my notes in all caps. It um, was so much. It was, it was so much. So like good. <laughs> I, I like I've never, I've never. I don't know if other performances of this had existed previously, but I had never seen such thing before. <laughs> um, and watching like Vernon and Joshua do this like very like vogue like ooh like little dance. I was like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Uh, it was great. So we have like. <laughs> We have, like, a big black stage that uh, has, like, LED screens all around it. So, like, June and Minghao, like, pop up to, like, sing their verses and stuff and, like, the chorus. And then Vernon and Joshua are in the middle, still in their, like, black outfits, and they have only lady backup dancers. Oh, right. The ladies. Oh, my God. And then the ladies are also all in black. And uh, they do, like, like you said, like, very, like, little vogue like, feminine, like, sexy, like, subtle, like, groovy ooh. choreo. And they do the exact same moves as the girls. Like, 
it's all very synchronized. And there's like really good moments of like partner dances. And there's moments where like the partners become like a little foursome. So almost like you could imagine that June and Ming Hao would normally be the ones Mm -hmm. there, but the girls like stepped in to round out the four and it was great. It was just so good. The only thing that surprised me about it or I thought would be different based on the intro that like June and Ming Hao had done is that I thought there were going to be way more shots of them on the LED blocks that were actually on the stage. Like, you know, like Mm. life size versions of them also doing the choreo. But for the most part, they were like big, scary 1984 heads like up in the corner Mm -hmm. and they were kind of like blue washed. So they like looked like. Like we're digital June and Ming Hao. Yeah, like, and they know. did not do any of the choreo. No, they just even if they did like have a full body shot of them. Actually, I don't even know if they did ever have a full body shot. If not, just like the torso. But they weren't dancing. They were just no. like standing and singing, which is fine. But it would have been fun if they had done. Yeah, the I thought they like, were gonna do that whole yeah, yeah, like yeah. we're here in digital like dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side thing. But they did not. They did not. But then we transition immediately into Ready to Love. So as if you were actually at a concert we went straight from network love to ready to love um and yeah my only notes are just a bunch of hearts with boo and dk in all caps because they sounded fucking amazing they sounded so great and at this moment i started to think like oh is the point of this uh being called power of love like are they just gonna be doing all the songs songs that that have have love love in the title because there have been like three in a row crazy love network love Ready to love. I was like, oh, fun. It's the love concert. But that's not what ended up happening. (laughs) But it is the love version of Power of Love. So not totally wrong. Um, But then we got something interesting and fun, which would have been confusing, I think, if you didn't already know a lot about Seventeen. But then we we go into, we're going to get some unit introductions. So we get this, like, like, title card. But it's, like, huge letters, like, going by really, like, so you had to read it, like, performance. It's performance team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it says, like, performance team. And we get this, like, instrument, like, a performance team song that's, like, the instrumental version Behind, and we have these like slow mo close up shots to like introduce each one of the members. But I don't think they had names. No, cards. still no they names. Just, they, they were just like showing you each one of the members, and then it like said performance team one more time. Um, and we get June explaining like the concept of the team and how they're like dance focused, whatever. And Dino talks about like Hoshi's leadership. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like Hoshi makes them feel like Hoshi never makes them feel like. Um... I'm trying to remember how he worded it, but it was just something of like, Hoshi will just be like, just do it like this. We'll do it like this. It'll be hard. And they'll be like, okay. Like that they just sort of like trust to do what he says and that everybody just kind of goes with what Hoshi says and that they don't have a very like argumentative team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, And so that went straight into a Hoshi solo stage, which the song is called Tiger Power. Um, And this is an unofficial track that was released on June 24th of 2021. Um, So it's just like Hoshi and a bunch of backup dancers. And um, it's a very like cutesy song. One of the back, all the backup dancers are wearing school uniforms. And one of them has like a big tiger head. Um, And Hoshi's jacket on the back says music is mine gucci seats reclined Mm. i just thought that was hilarious 
Um, and then we go to a stage from Dino as well, mm. because I think normally, obviously, this would have been the time for performance team to do their unit songs. <laughs> but since June and Ming Hao weren't there, they just did two solo stages. So the song that Dino performed is called Zero Parentheses Hero, and it is his it's from his first mixtape which was released on february 12th 2017 so this is an old song that he wrote with bumzu um he's wearing like eyeliner and like an undone school School uniform uniform, he has like his shirt unbuttoned and his tie undone and the dancers are in the same school uniforms that the that they were wearing for hoshi and they like stay in those outfits for the rest of the show Mm. um I think. Yeah, because they don't really even come back for a while. Um, So that's their next outfit. Um, And we go directly from zero parentheses hero to rock with you. And they have bedazzled jean jackets on now. That was my biggest all caps note is bedazzled jean jackets. Yes. And this was when I was like, okay, this is definitely not in the same order as the original concert because there's no way that Dino would have been able to make that quick change. Mm. Um, Like he wasn't even wearing jeans. So it just wouldn't have been possible. But uh, yes, so they're wearing like Canadian tuxedos and their the jeans jackets. were so ripped, too. so distressed, like, extremely like, ridiculously, ripped. <laughs> like from hip to ankle, like yeah, ripped. And the jackets not cute to be no, honest. No, like, I that was my very like, next ugly note, Is that when they first came out, I like got really excited because of the sparkle. But the longer the song went on, you could see that they were those really big, colorful, like, plastic, like colorful, yes. like. It made me think Kindergarten of all pro- of those, jewels. yeah, all those commercials from the '90s about like owning a bedazzler at home mm-hmm. or whatever, and like look at what you can do to your jackets, and like so that's what it looked like. Um, it looked like a child made them, is yes. what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but I will say that this was a cute, very fun performance because although it's like not a goofy song, there was like some point. Where Mingyu like caught the eye of someone who had their back to the camera and like he started smiling and then there were just like really adorable, like they were obviously making each other laugh because Mm -hmm. Mingyu, Joshua and DK were all like goofy smiley and it was adorable. So then we go to hip hop team. So this was actually a really fun intro I thought because this was I think my favorite part of the whole movie because it started out with this, like they have like a instrumental of the hip hop songs, like in the background and the like slow-mo shots that are like definitely making them look like so cool. (laughs) They're the hip hop team. They're the cool ones. And then it just like, like record scratch, like cuts to Vernon being awkward as fuck in the director's chair. And it was such a funny transition. And like this, interview i thought just really captured their personalities in a way that like a lot of the other bits didn't because the other bits were like you know professional sound bites and i think like they were obviously like very aware of what it was that they were saying and like trying to present themselves in a certain way and then this like they mostly discuss their writing process yeah yeah yeah. and it was really interesting Mm -hmm. because they said like and it all like made so much sense where it was like wanwu just disappears and like comes back with perfect lyrics yeah. in one try and he never gets stuck on anything. Mm-hmm. And that like, and then when they said like, I don't know how Mingyu writes lyrics. I literally yes. don't. We don't know. <laughs> like we don't know when it happens, but he just always shows up with them somehow. 
and yes. I don't know. And like that was very funny. Yeah, it was adorable. And um Coops talked about how he and Mingyu always take the longest time to like finalize their lyrics because they both care the most about what other people think. So mm. like when they bring their lyrics to the group to share with the rest, they make the most changes. Whereas he's like Wanwoo and Vernon make very few changes to their like original choices. Um but I just thought it was like uh, one of the more candid moments yeah. of the movie and I really liked it um, because I think for most carrots like the 17's personalities is what really grabs you like their music is fun but their stages can be overwhelming if you don't like know them yeah. and then once you like see just one thing to see their person like that's what got me mm-hmm. is like wow these guys are goofballs and they're so adorable but so anyway Talking about their lyric writing process, they transition into talking about Bittersweet, which was a um, duet, or actually, I guess it's a trio because it features Lee Hai, but it's Mingyu and Wanwu, um, and they wanted to show a more mature, sexy side of Seventeen. Um, so we so take, they made this like boy love song, yeah, with this, like Lee Hai, yeah, this love triangle like mm-hmm. thing. So the stage for this, I thought, was like really beautiful and cool. They had like. There was, like, so much fog on the stage, Mm -hmm. like, a full blanket of fog. And they started up on this, like, kind of, like, little, like, European bridge thing. And then they went to these two, like, mirrored living room setups of, like, a mid-century modern chair and a little hi-fi on the thing and a little lamp. And then they just kind of, like, sang together away from each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just, like, sat in their armchairs (laughs) and sang. And they were wearing the the new outfits. They have, like, dusty, pale, like, pink coral pirate shirts. Yeah, I wrote fluffy shirts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And they just sounded so beautiful. Like, my my main note was just, like, oh, my gosh, the, like, raspiness of both of their voices. It's so beautiful. They kept Lehigh on the track, so, like, they don't cut out the female voice in it. Um, But then I had, like... Uh, in the margin, scribbled in like frantic all caps. Ming, you too handsome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then that led us to the hip hop unit stages, which were if I was the first one. <clears throat> and this is another moment of like this is obviously not in the right order because they're wearing completely different outfits. Um, and if I is actually a song I didn't even know was like a hip hop unit song, but. Mm. They actually went from, I'm wrong, they did not transition immediately from Bittersweet to the concert performance of If I. They have an interview, they cut to interviews back to the hip hop team who talk about the lyrics for If I because Coop says that they rewrote. Yeah, that maybe wrote like a love song or something. And then Coops was like, these are really nice, but I think that I want the song to have a completely different message. So you have to do it again. Yes. (laughs) So they rewrote they have rewritten uh the words to reflect where they are now. And Coop says that the first version was cringy. (laughs) Yeah. Now that like looking back we made the right choice to change it or whatever um but so then we go back to them performing this song at the concert and they're standing in this like led they have like an led like grid 
like on the stage, which was Monstax had Very a similar, similar stage. to the Monstax and they're, where they're stand, in boxes. Yeah, and they're standing on these like platform, these like LED platforms that like project different images on the bottom. Um, and I wrote three suits plus Vernon. I absolutely <laughs> hated these outfits. And they like, don't match. Made at a all. lot of notes about how they didn't match, and then like I guess it was proved later in the movie, but I still like don't really agree. They came back. Yeah, they, everybody when was wearing. Everyone them. was wearing this. Like when all eleven of them were there in these like mismatched, mismatched outfits, it kind of worked. But having just four of them, like Coops's suit was way too big. Mm-hmm. It was like hugely big. Wanwu looked like a circus master. Yeah. Like his was like red striped or something. And then Vernon was wearing like a hoodie uh-huh. under a and jacket. like a big bomber jacket and baggy jeans. And then Mingyu just looked like. Probably hot. I don't know. I didn't I don't, write down I, what he was wearing. I, I can't read. It was a suit of some kind. That's all I know. Because I remember thinking that like him, Coops, and Wanwu were at least all in suits. And so like they're, they're like, I know that the patterns and the fabrics didn't go. I remember Coops looking like he was wearing his dad's suit. But I didn't write down what Mingyu was wearing. Anyway. They perform this just like at mic stands in this LED grid. And then at a certain point, they like walk off of the boxes and just like stand and sing it with handheld mics. Um, And they transition immediately from if I to can't run away. Um, And my only note is, well, I'll just cry. (laughs) (laughs) Because I love that song so much. And they just like stand and they sing it. And every once in a while, they do like a hilarious like drama theater walk where you just like cross the stage. There's no choreo, but they're right. just like, and now I walk over. Here. I also thought I think, I think I remember laughing a little bit during this one because like Mingyu and Vernon like sat, got to like sit yes. on the little blocks, and then the other two were standing, and I was just like, oh, are they gonna like switch and give them rest time? But like they didn't, and I just no, thought it was funny like, that yeah. two of them got to sit down, but only for part <laughs> of it because then there was a point where it was like they sang their little verse, and then like okay, I finished my verse, and now I take four steps across, <laughs> and then the other one finishes his line, and then he takes four steps across, and it was just like it just reminded me of all of my like choir days. Yeah. Um. So then we get. Vocal team introduction. Um, and they chose clap, like their instrumental background music for like doing their slow-mo one shots was clap, which I thought was an odd choice. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know why, because I was like busy taking notes, but DK got bleeped. <laughs> I don't know what it is that he said. Because it asked they asked him like what is vocal team to you or something, and whatever his answer was, it got bleeped out. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember now either. Yeah, I don't remember either, but all of the members agree that vocal team is just the weirdos of the group. Mm-hmm. And they all talk about how like they're the most energetic. And anytime they get together, they just get like goofy and they play around. And even though Woozy is like the leader, they really work mostly as a team and it never like feels like they're taking orders from Mm -hmm. someone or whatever. Um, And then they introduce in these interviews, they start talking about same dream, same mind, same night. And Boo can't remember it. Boo cannot remember the title, which I wrote relatable because I never remember the title to that song. And then I cheered out loud because in describing this song, Woozy said that they wanted to make a song that sounded like the music they grew up with. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yes, Breed. 
bitch because that song <laughs> that song is like the most like early 90s freaking like I don't know it captures such a beautiful absolutely spirit so I was glad that they felt that they knew mm-hmm. that that's what I saw in it too yeah like, and then it, it was like happy per- it was so purposeful and intentional and they pulled it off flawlessly so then we get to watch this stage same dream same mind same night um and they're wearing again there this is like what I guess they wear in the mismatch yeah. stage later, but theirs went way a little more, more better because it's than all like nautical did. color scheme, blue, like navy blue, white, and red, and they're all wearing different cardigans. So like they at least like kind of matched, except this for one Boo's. who had his apple sweater yeah, on. Yeah, because he had his apple sweater on, apple and it just like <laughs> it was so cute. It was like a navy navy blue cardigan with these like monstrous apples. He looked like a little substitute teacher. I loved he looked it. So cute. Um, I. I mean, they they start out with a step touch and I like smacked you because I was losing it already. I was like, they literally don't have to do anything and I'm already dying. Yeah. I wrote astounding. That was the best in like big, big letters because I was just like absolutely going through it. This whole performance. It was so good. I love this song so much. And they just like absolutely destroyed it. Yeah, they sounded so incredible. My last note of this is just like an all caps vocal team that like goes slanted off the page. And then just like, boo, sum, quan, with like a thousand underlines because they just like, they sounded so good. And the stage, I said I would mention the sets. They have a whole brand new set that we haven't seen before. And there's this like enormous wavy piano built into the floor. So they have like little steps, like the keys are the steps. So they're just like standing on the piano. It looked great. They like really put a lot of money into all these stages. And we went straight from this song to another vocal team song, which I believe was Imperfect Love. However, there is a there were conflicting set lists mm. when I like looked this up and tried because in the moment I couldn't remember the title of this song. I couldn't either. And so and there were like a few songs that as I was like, I know this song. I can't remember the title of it. So I just like left a blank space to come back to later. And then when I, when they like rolled the credits at the end and like showed the track list, the titles were in Korean. So I like, that didn't help me. And so then I had to look it up and I like looked it up on Wikipedia and then I looked at like <laughs> reviews and then I looked at like Spotify playlists and I looked at five different set lists and all of them were different. Mm. So I think it was imperfect love. And if that was wrong, well, it's wrong. But anyway, it's a v- vocal team song. Yeah. So they do another one. They're standing on like mic stands and they have LED risers. So I guess this is like a different set than the piano? Maybe. All I wrote is that Boo had eye glitter on. I wrote that down too. <laughs> it's like Boo Bear eye glitter. Yeah, so his pretty. eye glitter was so pretty. <laughs> um, and they just like with mic stands sing this. It sounds beautiful. I wrote DK Sunshine because he was smiling so brightly. Um, yeah, then we go back to our vintage TV motif Mm -hmm. and it says like the making of Snapshoot. Yes. And then we just have a quick interview with Mingyu talking about how he wrote and directed and like edited and produced Snapshoot video by himself. And they did this like little joke where they like pulled him into the side and like had credits like running up really fast where he was the name of every single person or whatever. Yeah. 
but they didn't show us any of the Snapshoot music video and it felt really contextless. And I was just like, I feel like that was probably confusing if people like mm. had, had never, like if you've never seen the Snapshoot video, yeah. it just felt so random. It was odd. <laughs> it was odd. And especially because we hadn't seen the TV motif in For a while. while. We'd only seen it once before at the very beginning where they showed us the, the Debut 17, the, the beginning. Yeah. And then we've just had these like regular director chair interviews and these unit introductions. So the like general format of this movie is, Similarly to the Monstax one, I would say felt a little bit directionless. Um, but you had mentioned afterward, it was like, it just seemed like they tried to get them to talk about any song that might have had a story. Like, right. what can you tell what us about What are some this? stories we can plug in between yeah. these songs? Um, but so Ming Yoon just said it was like the hardest thing he'd ever done and he didn't want to do it again. <laughs> and then we cut to the concert version of Snapshoot, which starts with all the members and the backup dancers on like church risers in a choir choir doing the doing like a yeah gospel it was so good it was was so good and i recognize i just have to say i recognized one of the dancers he the one who was playing the conductor of the choir he was coops's stand-in for their japanese release 24 hours so he is in that music video and in the in the performance version he has fluffy hair um anyway yeah so they did snapshoot and that was great and fun and this was where they were all wearing their like weird mismatched outfits the next thing i wrote i don't because i don't know if i like was getting out of order but i wrote that they did i don't know if it was at the end of this song or at the end of the next song but the part where they did the squid games and the dance fight was that at that the was end a, of this? I think it was this one. That okay. makes it makes sense for it to be this one. They yes. like they did a whole thing at the end where they like played the red light, green light game from Squid Game, but instead of getting shot, it like took their picture a bunch of yes. times. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they like did like Boo and Dino did like a dance fight. Yeah, like a really hyperactive, ridiculous like dance fight in the middle of the circle, and they were acting. They were just acting so wild. <laughs> As they're known to do. Yeah. Um, so after Snapshoot, we go back to the TV, and I believe the title card said Brothers, Family, and Seventeen. Yep, that's what I wrote down. Great. So that must be what it said. <laughs> <laughs> and on the TV, we get footage, which I think, if I remember correctly, is from an episode of Going Seventeen, um, but I could be wrong about what show it's from. But it is just them goofing around in a pool. It was like they they did like they played a silly game of like who could jump into the pool, making the like weirdest pose. And I've seen that episode of that thing and then it also seemed to have footage of the parts of them recording the opening for going 17 which is from i had to look it up and i like literally skimmed through like 20 episodes of going 17 to find it it's on episode 7 of going 17 2019 they make the opening credits of the they write the song and film the opening credits and then episode 8 of going 17 has the opening credits for the first time. Um, and, but the interviews are the members discussing their relationships with other members. And Woozy talks about how he was the only member who's an only, who's an only child. Yeah. So he came without siblings. Um, but he said, you know, like we're not trying to prove anything when we say this, we really are just a family. Um, and that was really sweet. It was cute. So then they cut back to the concert, and now we have a Japanese title track 
from April of 2021 called Not Alone. And this starts with Jong Han walking up uh, stairs. This part literally scared me. And I like wrote down like very frantic notes because I didn't know what was happening because it was like a staircase to nowhere yes. and it had no railing and it was just like open on the end. Yeah. <laughs> and he just like walked up these stairs by himself and walked like right to the edge and then like stood and started singing. And I was like, look at your feet. Don't step off. Like, I was really worried because like that Wendy fell off something like That's that. True. Like that I was true. really worried. And then it was weird. And I think somebody brings this up in one of their emails or voicemails, but like, Nobody else went up and got, like, I thought that they were maybe all going to, like, line up on the stairs, but he I just walked so right back down them. No, Wanwu comes up to get him. Oh, to get him. Yeah. He, he walks up, and then, because I had wrote in my notes, like, oh, one by one, they go up the stairs, and Wanwu was the only one who joined him on the stairs. And Wanwu was wearing really ugly, fuzzy brown pants. They were all wearing, I wrote, that, those the, pants, I wrote that the clothes were, like, orange, and that I hated them. Yeah, I didn't hate the overall <laughs> color scheme, even though I don't particularly like burnt orange the color scheme was like brown and orange and gray which sounds ugly but it looked more like fall sure they were wearing like nice coats and stuff yeah exactly (laughs) except for Wanwu his pants were really ugly they were brown and they were fuzzy and they were bad um but Wanwu like walked up the stairs got Han, and then Koops came out with all the rest of the members and then like started the choreo on the floor um, but yeah, I think that's my all only I have note for this alone. one is that this song had a really cool lift in it. They yes, like, I the think choreo. it was Johan. They just like mm-hmm. lifted him up on like I think their it's Hoshi. Hoshi, maybe. But there was a cool, there was a very cool like yeah, um, a levitatey kind of lift that where they was like, like they lifted mm-hmm. him straight up by his feet. I don't know. It was very cool. Yes, there's a very cool lift, and then and I was a little bit confused because. Part of this song and part of the choreo I thought was My My, which is that song where the music video, they're like on like an airboat and like through the oh, clouds yeah. and stuff. Because there's lifts in that choreo too. but And the songs do sound a little similar, but I'm, again, like 98% sure that it was not alone and not My mm. My because they did not say My My at any point in it. And my notes in the dark said it was Japanese. So that's got to be mm. right. But then we transitioned into home and the transition was really cute. I have that um, they like one of the members just asked like, hey, what do you tell carrots when you miss them? And then they start with the first lyric of home. Mm. But I have a question because I have that as being transitioned straight from the brown and orange outfits. But my note from the theater says that their outfits in this match the bittersweet outfits of yeah. the like dusty pale I wrote pale silky pink. pink shirts. So that's the first thing I wrote. So they must have immediately like. But there was no, there's no, but there's no cut transition because I have the way that I wrote, I the way I wrote it was that as soon, the way I wrote it and the way I remember it is that we just like finished not alone turned to someone, said, hey, what do you say when you miss carrots? And then it just like started with home, but they're in different outfits. So I don't remember how that transitioned Mm. or how they cut to it or whatever, but these are the notes that I have. I don't know. But this was, uh, this version of home, it was like a reimagined, like vibey drive soundtrack, city pop version of home. Like, Oh, I wrote yacht rock ch- rearrangement. Okay. But like, they, yeah, <laughs> it, they like changed all of the instrumentation yeah. to be like super eighties and like, su- it was so cool. It was so good. It was I loved so it. Good. It was so good. Um, and then, 
Oh, my only other note is Mingyu is so tall. Oh. Because I think there were, like, moments where, because, like, however, in the dance formation, he just looked, like, exceptionally so much taller than all of them. And I had to write it down. Well, especially without June and Minghao in there, I feel like he really he stands looks like a out. real giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then we go back to some interviews and Uzi is reflecting on the seven years that they have been 17. And it seems like the production staff asked them for like a memorable moment yes. from their, wrote, from yeah, their years. Something about like my most memorable moment is yeah. what I wrote. Mm-hmm. So I think that must have been the prompt. Yeah. And <laughs> almost all of them talk in some way about the Ode to You world tour. But um, the Japanese concerts specifically. Yes. And that's what they focus on. Yeah. They focused on like the energy from the crowds. Um, and uh, I think it's DK tells a story about his his in-ears where they were like crawl they were like crawling under the stage to like get ready and he usually just performs with his in-ears in but he took them out because he wanted to hear the crowd and the crowd was so loud that he got really scared and put them <laughs> back in <laughs> um and then we get like a montage of the like ode to you rehearsals and then the crowd and the concert footage and it lingers on the crowd and the fan chants. And somebody says carrots keep me alive. I wrote that down. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're all talking about like the importance of, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. carrots. They're and doing like, that whole yeah. sappy thing. Right. Because they were also like a, a, the beginning of this, like before they start talking specifically about the Japanese concert, they were generally reflecting on like memorable things from their seven years. And all of them talk about like the love that they've received from the carrots and blah. Um, you've heard it all before. <laughs> so then we cut to the encore. And in the moment, I thought this song was thinking about you, but I don't think it is. I think it was to you. Mm. Uh, that is what several. I don't know, man. There were conflicting I reports, know. conflicting reports. I yeah, did I, find that like at the actual concert, they did do thinking about you as an encore stage, but I, they also did to you. And I think that's the one that they filmed. I don't know for sure, but that's what I think. Yeah. I can't help because the only thing I have written at this moment is that they were wearing casual clothes and sitting on a like diamond shaped, yes. like wooden stage Stage that like rose up in the back so there was like levels but they were all just like sitting wearing like beanies and hoodies and bucket hats they're wearing like their tour concert shirts Mm -hmm, or whatever mm -hmm. and i wrote that joshua was wearing an la beanie yes he was um (laughs) but yeah so they just sit on the stage and they sing it like sitting down um and then we get like a voiceover of the importance of carrots and like the feeling of carrots love and we see the members from behind this like clear whiteboard and they are all writing a message to the carrots. To me, carrots are blank yes. was like the prompt they all had to write. Yeah. And I think this was a part where some of them did start to say their names, but again, it was like never written in English or mm-hmm. whatever. Like I feel like maybe it was like Ambu Sungkwan and the carrots are blank. Like maybe yeah. some of them like said their names at this moment. But this was one of the parts where I felt like the movie, I mean, I was getting, I get very sleepy (laughs) and I had to go potty. And this was like the part of the movie where I was starting to be like, all right, let's go. Because I think it's great. Like, it's nice that all 13 of them got a moment. But giving 13 people like a moment to like slowly and poetically say like, I love you and you mean everything to it takes a lot of time. Like it does. This ending part started to really feel like it was dragging because yes. they were like 
just letting them say over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Like it was I a very yeah, similar and, message, yeah. similar message from everyone. Uh, I think it was Uzi who wrote something about Uzi or Dino. I don't remember. One of them wrote something about how carrots are the zeroth member. I think <laughs> and Coops the, wrote zeroth member. Oh, was it Coops? I couldn't. I didn't write down who did it, but I did write down that the audience in the theater laughed. Laughed pretty hard at that one. Um, yeah. And then we go back to a second encore stage, which was All My Love. I feel pretty confident in naming that that was all my love. Um, And now they are like standing with mics uh, wearing the same like casual outfits that they were wearing in the first encore. And this one is a little bit goofier. They're like kind of playing around. They do like a silly runoff. At the end, they like do like a runoff, like a vocal runoff. Well, first Woozy riffs for like a full like 30 seconds. Like it just naturally in the song like goes off and you think he's done and he's not. He keeps going. And then the song ends with this like endless riff off. Like yeah. you think that they're done and then they, someone like piles on. And I thought that that was a really funny, like instead of doing an endless Aju nice, like just to do an endless riff off. Like that was hilarious. I loved it. Um, and then they all say goodbye. They like stand in a line. They do their, say the name and they bow. Um, and they do like a quick ment about how it's the last online concert and then they really miss carrots. Um, and you think it's over, but it's certainly but not. It's not because, because then, then is, was this the part where we got the, like, it was like, it seemed like it was, was the footage from the Japanese concert, which I wonder, I wondered if the reason that was the one they focused on, if that's the one that Hybe has the rights to the footage still, mm. like if that's what the one they had to focus on, cause it was the one that was filmed. But it's like the audience, we get the audience being like, encore, encore, encore. And then they sang? No, that happens after. Later. <laughs> because first, <laughs> we get interviews of all the members, and the question was something like, what will you do at your next in-person oh, stage? Like, what will your reaction be? And DK said he would cry, and Dino said he would be cheeky and say, like, you missed us, right? And then, like, Jong Han was like, I'm just going to get emotional. And then some of the other members were like, oh, we'll say thank you for waiting for us, blah. And then we go, we get the TV, the little retro oh, TV. the retro TV. And that's where we get the Ode to You encore stages. Mm-hmm, so we mm-hmm. get the concert footage and audio of not only saying encore, but the carrots singing our dawn is hotter than the day. Um, and the mem- so like the footage on the TV is the carrot crowd, like in, in one of those in-between moments in the concerts, like when they're not there, mm-hmm. like probably before the encore, the carrots are all singing together. Our dawn is hotter than the day. And the, they obviously showed that footage to the members because then we get clips or like cuts from the different members watching the carrots singing our dawn and the members sing along and it is the whole song of and it was so loud this part was like louder than the rest of the movie i think to like try and be like listen to the crowd but like all i could write was like this is so loud because <laughs> it was like fifty thousand people screaming the song at the top of their lungs with but also like they fade in the 17 version kind of mm. under it and like i just remember this part being like oh my god it's so loud yeah and then we get the clear whiteboard again title of the movie 
And then individual member credits where you see each of the members, I think, like standing by the whiteboard. And yeah, it says starring. Like, starring. <laughs> and then their stage Finally name. Finally their names. Only their stage names. And they are in the weirdest order. I couldn't determine any sort of logic for this order. They are not an age order. They are not according to units. They are not alphabetical. There is no rhyme or reason for the order that they are in. They just showed they them just all. Are. Um, and then we get... As the actual credits roll on the side, we get a little like picture and picture of left and right, the encore stage from the concert, um, and which includes in the middle of it, a curtain call for the dancers, which was really cute. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And that was it. That was the movie. That was the movie. And it was a great time. And I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, I had a great time. I liked that this one was like majority concert. And again, mm-hmm. I could just... Literally just play a concert play DVD and a movie. We don't need anything we else. We don't need any yeah. of this middle stuff. Like some of it is fun. And like there were a few like funny anecdotes in this or whatever. But like I said, same with the Monster X movie. Like the last 20 minutes of people just consistently repeating themselves of like the pandemic is hard. And I'd really mm-hmm. like to see my fans. And I love my fans. And it's like, yeah, we know. We yeah. know. You don't have to, like, keep saying it, like, just to keep... Because it Mm. feels like at a point that they're just doing it to keep the movie going. And it's like, I don't need you to say anymore, really. Yes, I agree. It feels like... It starts to feel like filler in the third act. And I just feel like it was a little bit of a bummer in the sense that, at least with Seventeen, because they are a self-producing group, there was a lot of potential to have actual like meat in it. Like yeah, if you like really wanted to have footage, an interview, or recording fun footage, dance practice, talk, stuff. yeah, the dance practice, talking about the process of choreography, maybe even talking about a specific song that like the choreo had to be changed or whatever. Like, I just feel like whoever is making these movies should probably hire like an actual journalist to write it mm. because the way that the interviews are structured is very meandering yeah and there seems to be no thesis and no like point yeah to the movie um it can't decide if it's a documentary or a concert or a music video like it just doesn't know what it is um and so it needs more direction yeah i said when we got back to the car that like i'm sad that a kate that no k-pop documentary has yet to live up to the spice girls concert (laughs) documentary i had when i was a child it was spice girls live in istanbul and it like told the whole story of the spice girls like how they all got found and whatever and then the rest of it was in between the songs was like behind the scenes footage of them getting ready for this world tour and like cooking together and trying on their outfits and like mm-hmm. I, it was the best and i yeah. i just want a k-pop version of that yeah why can't we have why that? can't we have that i don't know um but we have a ton of comments yes. and voicemails so from many our listeners people saw this movie and they all had something to say so um we are gonna go through these and we have a whole lot and we're short on time so apologies in advance if that we may edit the response for time but we love you when we read it anyway. <laughs> um, all right. Let it, let's start with an email from Tamina. Uh, it says, Dear Shannon and dear Angelica, what can I say? 17 did it again and made my life a bit better. The movie was so comforting and fun to watch. I had a tough week, but since 17 is my comfort group, it was perfect timing for me to watch the movie. 
I really liked how they paired the concert performances with the interview section because it gave the audience time to process the performance. And man, I really needed those breaks. The concert on the big screen with the huge audio system in my local cinema was amazing, but a bit overwhelming. Some thoughts about the movie. The cameras loved Jong Han, which I love too. Jong Han, the beautiful man that he is, is wrecking me so hard. LOL. Agreed. <laughs> um, Hoshi's Horangi power was so adorable. I loved how Hoshi and Dino got to perform solo songs since June and Ming Hao have been in China. And I liked how they handled the network love performance, even though computer generated June and Ming Hao made me a bit uncomfortable, but I guess that's my problem. Speaking of network love, excuse me, but have you seen their female backup dancers? They were stealing the show. I couldn't keep my eyes on Vernon or Joshua. <laughs> Joshua is a star. Every time the camera was on him, I was mesmerized by his aura. The hip hop unit performing ballads is my favorite thing. I hope they keep that concept. Also, Wanwu and Mingyu's performance of Bittersweet with those outfits and stage design was beautiful. The vocal unit performing Same Dream, Same Mind, Same Night, knowing how much Jonghan struggled with the recording made me feel very proud. Sadly, they didn't perform my favorite vocal uni unit songs. Snapshoot styling was wild. Ready to Love always hit so hard. I loved the remix of Home, and I wish made Home so much more romantic. Hmm. Uh, as Coops and Dino switching their parts and left and right was adorable. The interviews were heartwarming, funny, and touching. And 17 on a big screen just hits harder. I had a great time. I went by myself, which was not uncomfortable at all. I talked to a few girls and found a new friend, and we even spent some time together after the movie. Oh, cute. I probably forgot a ton, so I'm really looking forward to listening to your review and opinions about the movie. Wish you the best, Tamina. Mm -hmm. All right, our next... Her, our next message comes from Julia, and Julia sent in a voice memo. She wrote, I'm so happy that you're doing a 17 Movie Club episode. I wanted to share my thoughts with you. I'm a bit nervous because I've never recorded myself before, but here goes. I hope this is usable. Hi, this is Julia. I wanted to share my thoughts on the 17 Power of Love movie with you. I watched it yesterday, and I'm still overcome with 17 feelings, but I'll try to be as coherent as possible. I've only been a K-pop fan for the last two years and I've watched five Seventeen concerts and current lands online. Shout out to my concert buddies Eva and Chris. But this was my first real-life Seventeen experience with other people and it was amazing. Hamburg carols are awesome. People went ooh and ah and clapped and cheered after each song. I'd watched the concert online but I'd totally forgotten just how amazing these performances were. I could write a whole dissertation on this but I tried to make this brief so here are my three favorite performances. Oh my love. This is one of my favorite 17 songs and I loved how happy and loose the members were at the end of the concert. Seungwan and Dina were super cute and when Seungwan glommed onto Mingyu, I was like, oh. Horangi power. Hoshi is my bias and I first, first watched this performance in November it almost destroyed me. Seeing him on the big screen was, was worse. I just managed to put myself together and then he did it again yesterday. I can't run away. This is my favorite 17 song from last year. It's so beautiful. I can't believe this is a so-called hip-hop unit. They could all be in the vocal unit. Well, in 17, all units are kind of vocal units, right? Right. Actually, the unit bits were my favorite new thing that I hadn't seen before. Hearing more about the hip-hop unit's writing process was really fascinating. And hearing the vocal unit describing themselves as a bunch of weirdos that are quiet on their own but get loud when they're together is just perfect. Another favorite moment was right at the end when they're writing on that glass wall with white marker. My bias line consists of four members, I know, basically a third of the group, and they all went one after the other. I was like, oh, this is for me. 
My only regret is that there were too many cuts and close-ups in some performances. It made it harder to appreciate the choreographies for me. Sometimes they would close in right before my favorite choreo bits, and there were some new dance breaks that I would have loved to see in the entirety. But that's a minor complaint in between all the awesomeness. I absolutely loved it. It was a really special experience, and I can't wait for the new album and for the world tour. I really, really hope they'll come to Germany or at least somewhere in Europe. Looking forward to hearing your and other carrots thoughts on the episode. I love your podcast. Thanks so much for all your hard work. Listening to you makes me really happy. Bye. Oh, thank you, Yulia. And thank you for confirming that that second encore song was All My Love. I had doubts, but now I know. Now we know. (laughs) Um, All right. We have another voice recording from our friend Chris. Um, And Chris saw a 4DX version. (gasps) Gasp. What does that even mean? Which I think think it's the chairs (gasps) that shake. Ooh, fun. I think it is. I don't know. Let's find out. So let's hear what Chris had to say. Hey, Shannon and Helica, it's Chris in San Francisco, um, resident carrot <laughs> here in the Bay Area. I-, I wanted to contribute my thoughts on 17, the Power of Love movie uh, experience. Um, I actually watched it twice this week. I went on the Wednesday and the Saturday. I went to two different theaters, but I went to both the 4DX experience, which I don't know if you guys got a chance to check that out or if any other uh, listeners got to, but 4DX is basically the thrill ride version of the concert where (laughs) all the seats are jacked onto these hydraulic uh, platforms that move along with the music. You know, this whole thing is really meant for big action movies. But with 17, it was a really jolting, really dynamic experience and definitely unexpected on Wednesday. I thought that, you know, oh, we'd get a gentle buzz or some cute effect or something. No, this was throwing me <laughs> in really, truly jostling ways. Like, you know, there was a point where I was like, could I get whiplash from this? And it was, <laughs> holy crap, like, you know that part, the the times in concerts or in, or in Going 17 or Inside 17 when Wanu goes and grabs the camera and, and shakes it up and is like, Wah! you know, that's his, like, shtick. Yeah. Um, that's the entire experience throughout Crush, just being thrown <laughs> about as these guys are yelling about you being their crush, which, you know, I mean, who? there's nothing else I would want in this movie experience except to be thrown around <laughs> and being yelled at by these guys. And then with Lucy coming out with his little Eddie Van Halen thing for clap, I just, you know, all together was just a little too much. It was just a lot. But of course, going into some of the more groovy things like network love like that started to feel a little more like like aftershocks like just like kind of jolts after having such a big tremor from the from the big songs from crush anyone and clap and then ready to love they had this whole background of stormy weather in the their background and pedals streaming across the stage and in the theater, there was like wind effects, and yeah, I was about to feel a little seasick. To be honest, it was it was a lot, but yeah, going into like 
some of the other songs, like, you know, Bittersweet especially was kind of this nice kind of rocking motion. And I was like, wow, like, that's exactly what I want <laughs> from that. And all of the, you know, vocal unit songs, actually all the hip hop unit songs, they were doing much more soft songs. And so there was kind of a nice, a nice gentle rocking of the seats rather than being thrown about. But of course, you know, getting to the end and just like all the, the biggest special effect really was, you know, the tears as much genuine feelings I think that they had for, you know, being able to put this together outside of having, you know, live concerts in anticipation of them being able to tour. So I'm looking forward to that. I won't, I won't have the same experience of being <laughs> thrown through a, an amusement park ride, but maybe that's for the better. I'm, I'm happier being with carrots and rocking a stadium or an arena. It was fun. It really was fun, but definitely unexpected. And I would do it again. If somebody else had, the, you know, a similar kind of big show, like a, like a Stray Kids or frankly BTS, um, something else that's, you know, kind of noisy, uh, it would be kind of perfect. Actually, it might be overwhelming. It was sensational, if you will. Okay. Anyways. Thanks for doing an episode about it because I'm excited to hear what you guys thought and what the other uh, A-likes, um, A-like carrots liked about the movie too. All right. Um, talk to you soon. Wow. Wow. First of all, great pun, sensational. Um, <laughs> but also, yeah, that sounds truly wild. That sounds like yeah, an insane I experience. I never would have even thought that they would offer that because I've seen yeah. a Harry Potter movie and I can't remember what the other one is, but me and my old roommate in college used to go to 4DX movies like whenever we got the chance because they are really <laughs> silly, but I would never have thought of this for like a concert like yeah just getting shaken around yeah. to different songs it's very funny the only movie i've ever seen like that is called the story of texas and it's at the texas oh. state history <laughs> museum and like rattlesnake like something like pops out of your seat when they talk about rattlesnakes and you get like misted during the galveston hurricane and that's all that's the only <laughs> one i've ever seen um but it would be fun to see one in a theater a yeah. real theater all right, we have another voice memo. This one comes from Eva. Eva, we'll find out. Um, and she says, may this episode manifest a 17-world tour with great seats for anyone who listens. So mm. got to speak Amen. that to the world. Hi, Shannon and Helica. It's Eva from the Netherlands. I hope you're well. I hope you really liked the movie. I for sure did. I, uh, I went to see it both times, the first time with my roommate. And there were a lot of other carrots uh, singing, dancing, clapping along. So it was really one big party. Uh, as for the movie, I gotta say it first. I always thought I didn't really have an outstanding bias. But oh, Mingyu <laughs> Too handsome. is the most beautiful goddamn person there is out there. And to see his face on a big screen, I was blown away. It was a privilege. It was... He's so pretty. It was so good. I caught myself trying to find his face every time and the moment the Krish performance started and I knew we would get a high kick from Mingyu on the big screen just that right there in my face oh it was it was great it was really great I also really liked the movie um for an encore of a concert with here and there some comments it was just it was great it was a 
nice look back i actually did see the concert online live as well um but my roommate however she fairly pointed out that it will be way more interesting to at some point get a movie that would actually showcase the journey towards the concert or actual behind the scene footage because for her it really felt like just performances and the same old same old of a k-pop group telling the fans how much they love them very fair um and well it would be interesting of course in that way but um you know they could have shown anything for me on a big screen and i would have loved it anyway it's great i did hope they would uh, show june and mingao a bit more um not that i probably would have noticed because i was staring at Mingyu all the time but whatever <laughs> i hope you really liked it um i can't wait for a deep dive <clears throat> someday you know the first episode would be just introducing all 13 members probably because <laughs> you will need time and then a second episode to uh, discuss whatever you know it's up to you but um just putting well, it up there <laughs> uh, i hope everyone else enjoyed it as well i hope we get the world tour pretty soon and it will be my first time seeing them hopefully so yeah i hope you liked it as well and uh thank you for the podcast love you we love you too uh, I wish that, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that people have been, um, like have that other audiences were very interactive. That's what I wanted. And like, yeah. neither of our audiences for Monster X or 17 were like rowdy or like cheering or dancing or clapping or anything. And so I'm glad it was a party for other people. <laughs> yeah. And I also wondered if like, if I would feel, would have felt less sleepy in the third act of both movies if the vibe had just like been a little more, mm-hmm. like if everyone had been really excited, if it would have kept, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, kept the momentum going. going a little bit more. All right, our next email is from our dear Susie, and Susie uh, organized her thoughts into different <laughs> categories. Um, so let's start with her main takeaways uh the first quarter did me in i knew 17 were good performers i just didn't know slash thought they were so cool the leather outfits combined with the dancing and my immediate affinity for dino i was destroyed i was sitting by myself and i kept looking around at the empty seats around me in disbelief like are y'all seeing this because wow (laughs) this was not made for someone who doesn't know 17 Unless I missed it, they never had their names on the screen. And I was starting to think that I had made Wanwoo up because I couldn't figure <laughs> out which one he was between him and DK until I saw, until they said DK's name at the very end of the vocal unit segment and it confirmed that they are not the same person. <laughs> I have to say, Susie mentions at the beginning of her email that she's just a casual fan. So a lot of the songs and choreo were things she had not seen before. <laughs> and I love that a casual fan went to this movie so yes. much. Uh, so a question from Susie is, I am interested to hear whether Carrots and more active fans of Seventeen liked the talking segments. Mm-hmm. And so far, I think we're all a little, I mean, we've only, only Ava specifically brought it up, but yeah. she agrees with us that like, they're a little 
little repetitive. They take up a lot of time of the movie. There are good moments moments. when they speak specifically, I think, about the work that they do together. Or tell like stories or little things we might not know. Because Seventeen is such an entertaining group with such distinct personalities. I think it would have been very easy to make a movie about them. And this really didn't, I think, take advantage of all the stories they really could have told us. Yeah. So here are some of Susie's dislikes. To further my question, I don't want to be too negative, but every time the talking segments came up, I was just waiting for them to be done so that we could get back to the performances. It was repetitive stuff that we knew and just a bummer. We miss the fans. We miss performing in person. Fuck COVID. I know. Same. Please just go back to the performances so we can forget about COVID for a bit. It was good to get June and the eight in there, though. The editing, it really came across as super low budget and kind of disruptive. That old TV shot looked only slightly better than a PowerPoint video. The performances were fine, though. I'm assuming it's just a Beyond Live edit situation. On the other hand, the Monster X movie had such insanely good editing of the performances that really heightened the viewing experience. I would just like to get that with all K-pop movies. Um, not sure if it was all the English showings or just mine, but I would have liked to see translations for the song lyrics, especially because the hip hop unit spoke so much about writing lyrics in their talking segment. Good point. Mm. Uh, I like the black outfits at the beginning and the pinky frilly shirts, but I cannot say the same for the rest of the styling sweat smile emoji. (laughs) Um, and some specifics, the second song and clap rock version were so cool. Clap was stuck in my head for the rest of the night. There was a pulsing move that they did during the bridge of possibly clap. And I don't remember which song, but my note was this whole thing is so cool. Uh, Also that I can only assume was the song crazy love that vertical body roll. My note was madness. What the fuck? Especially when Jonghan does it. If by vertical body roll, you just mean booty shake in a (laughs) circle. Then yeah. (laughs) And it's my favorite part. And yes, Jonghan was fucking crazy. Is rude in that. They're all very rude in that song. There was one shot of Joshua during the ready to love performance. That was so beautiful. It took my breath away. Dino's spin dance move during his solo was super cool. Bittersweet, my note was, what the fuck was that? Wanwu and Mingyu didn't make contact eye contact the whole time, and I think that's what they were going for. And if it was, the portrayal of longing and forced disinterest really came across. I think that might have been my favorite song from the movie that I didn't already know. Vernon doing falsetto in that second hip-hop song gasp emoji hard eye emoji woozy's blonde hair and voice what a killer combo the last 45 ish seconds of the second vocal song was amazing all those ad libs i was a little shocked that they didn't stand in a long line of steps on that staircase that Han walked up just to walk back down them agreed <laughs> all in all i might be upping my status from casual fan to fan over the next few weeks i have big plans to ask a lot of follow-up questions in the discord maybe some tips for telling one and dk apart haha ha. hopefully some wrecks for similar performances looking forward to the episode cheers Susie in canada nice. Susie, i would say my biggest clue for they have different face shapes but dk always smiles with all of his teeth and his eyes become perfect crescent moons and wanwu is usually more of a close-lipped smile mm-hmm. kind of guy and he wears a lot of glasses oh yeah those mm-hmm. are good tips yeah Also, I'm pretty, I know that I have created like a, I know there's a pinned tweet 
or pinned post in the Discord where I of did your of 17 my starter 17 pack. starter pack, but I think other people have made them too. So there's resources for you. <laughs> All right, this next email comes from Telma. Hello, Shannon and Angelica. My, I'm Telma, longtime listener here. I went to see Seventeen's movie this Saturday, and I had an amazing time. The room was full of carrots who sang and cheered throughout the movie, and it was honestly a really wholesome experience. First things first, I was not ready to see all the members' beautiful faces on such a big screen. All their interview outfits looked so soft, and I was on the verge of tears 90% of the movie. I have never been to a Seventeen concert, cries in European, so being able to experience such iconic songs like clap or crazy in love with other fans was amazing and needless to say that everyone was losing their minds over the booty shaking and crazy in love i may or may (laughs) not have screamed when woozy played guitar too my bias is dokyam and listening to his amazing vocals and great audio quality was a blessing one thing that i found hilarious was when they introduced the hip-hop team the song that played was Unhangilchi, a very rap heavy track, but then they proceeded to sing all the ballads, which was quite fun and reminded me of you. Although I wish they had sang older songs, I was happy to listen to Attica because it's such a great album. Overall, I had a great time singing along to my faves and that's all I can ask for. I also would like to add a thank you because Angelica is a big part of why I got curious about Seventeen since you mentioned them on the show so much. Now they are one of my ultimate biases and they bring so much joy to my life. So thank you. Love from Portugal, Telma. You're welcome. <laughs> it seems like all the European audiences really had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I'm just like in awe at how many places these emails have come from. I love how international our podcast is. It always, it's so fun. it always blows my mind. All right. This next email is from Gabby. Long time listener, first time emailer. I went to see 17's power of love this weekend with my boyfriend and we both had a great time to be honest. I sometimes find it lonely in between comebacks, so seeing the boys on the big screen was reinvigorating reinvigorating for me. They all looked so happy, healthy, and strong. The interviews were really sweet and sincere, but also a lot funnier than I expected. Not 17. I know how funny they are, but the editing really highlighted their banter. My favorite part was Jonghan calling the vocal unit a bunch of weird guys. He's not wrong. Speaking of vocal unit, their stages had to be my favorite. As a vocal unit stan, I may be a bit biased, but the styling and set design were both amazing. The piano keys were so cool, and I loved hearing Same Dream, Same Mind, Say Night, and died when Sung Kwan messed up the song title. Good to know it's not just me that gets confused. I want to give massive honorable mention to Dino's solo stage. He has such he is such an insanely good performer. My jaw actually dropped several times. They don't call him the future king of K-pop for nothing. The future of K-pop. The future of K-pop. Future of K-pop. For nothing. <laughs> uh, I missed my boys June and Ming Hao in the stages, but so glad to hear Network Love. I would kill a man to see a performance with all four of them. Honestly, would kill a man just to see Seventeen in person again. But hopefully, I won't have to. Tour announcement, mayhaps. Uh, before I go, I want to thank my boyfriend, Miguel, not only for going with me to see Power of Love, but for introducing me to ask me about K-pop. He got me to listen to the Fantasy Girl Group episode. He's a big Yusong fanboy, (laughs) and I've been hooked ever since. Thrilled to be here with my fellow carrots. Hope you two enjoyed Power of Love like I did, and can't wait to listen to the Movie Club episode. Thanks for all you do, Gabby. Cute. Cute. Thanks, Miguel. All right. Our next email comes from Lena. Uh, These are very last minute comments, but I also took notes during the movie, so hopefully I haven't forgotten anything. 
I went Wednesday night and in some ways it felt like a celebration of my carrotdom because the concert in November was one of the first things I watched after becoming a fan. At that point, I was still in the Angelica patented stage of DK being my bias <laughs> before my true bias, Wanwu, chose me. But one of my only tweets from watching the concert originally was, Wanwu said, tiny waist rights. <laughs> Overall, the audience in my theater was pretty quiet, but this was my first time in a movie theater since the pandemic began, so I was glad it wasn't too overwhelming. I brought my light stick, but no one else had one lit, so I kept it off. I was in between a couple and a mother-daughter pair, and the daughter began absolutely going through it during Crazy in Love, and she looked even more distressed during Zero Parentheses Hero, which was really cute. The girlfriend on my other side and I gave small horangues after horangi power and made eights when it was Minghao's turn in the credits sequence, which I appreciated. And when the credits showed carrots, her boyfriend said, that's us. <laughs> oh my God, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking relationship goals. I know. All these people get to take their boyfriends to things. I'm I so jealous. I with my significant other. How fun. <laughs> okay. Some other random notes. Anytime a K-pop boy dances with girls, an angel gets its wings. Yes. Ming Hao is more neck than he is man. <laughs> Seeing them on the big screen has given me several freckles to investigate. I felt the same way about like freckles and moles and things I'd never seen before on people because they were so big on the screen. Normally, if I'm thinking about 17 ears, I'm thinking about Koops or Shua, but I've got plenty of ears to think about after seeing this. <laughs> Vernon is allergic to the pals, so they put him in a hoodie. <laughs> has anything ever been more satisfying than a step touch? No! Nothing has never been more satisfying. Thank you. God, I'm feeling really seen right now. <laughs> Dolkyum's voice is so clear and his smile is so pretty. Ugh, yes. Joshua was put on this earth to stare directly into a camera. Home, parentheses, blouse version, <laughs> turned me into a vampire. <laughs> Okay, and her final note says, I also stayed an hour after the concert ended talking to some people from my row, including the mother-daughter pair. And it was funny because the 17-year-old daughter definitely thought I was close to her age when I'm actually closer to her mother's age. I had such a lovely time seeing these talented and beautiful boys on the big screen, and it was definitely the cherry on top to befriend some people I planned to see at a K-pop store opening in my town this week. Monster X next month, fingers crossed, and hopefully some other shows in the future. Thanks as always for your hard work on the pod and cultivating such a fun and welcome environment for new converts and season fans alike oh thanks Lena. um yeah the, i think that's it i think that's all of our those are all of them i don't think we missed any we didn't have no. like any voicemails no actual voicemails okay, people Love just it. sent in the email Beautiful. one so that's Perfect. everybody but seriously thank you guys so much for taking the time to send those i'm so yeah. glad so many people got a second chance to see this like Yes. More encore shows. They should let these shows run longer. Like, they should give them full, yeah, like more, know. not like a full movie run, but definitely like more, more than, than just a day. three. Yeah, they give them like three days or like a weekend. Like, no, that's not enough. Um, it's not even enough to like get the word out there. Yeah. But I'm glad, yeah, it was nice to have like a variety of fans too, like people who are hardcore carrots and then like more casual fans like go to the movie and then send us your thoughts that was a nice variety i'm glad everybody had a good time yeah i'm glad everybody had a good time too and yeah i i uh i just want more of these movies and i also want 17 to come back because mm -hmm. i miss 17 and i don't want to see 17 yeah and, and I... at a certain point we used to be able to see 17 like every, every year <laughs> and it's been a long time and like excuse me but my annual 17 i, I know it. it's like i need my it's 17 really been fix. way too long <sighs> 
Um, but yeah, this was great. And thanks for all of the manifestations and well wishes for like 17 world tour and ticks yes. for everybody. We got to do it. And European stops this yes. time. We can do it. We can do it. Um, so yeah, I hope everybody had a great time at the movies and, um, cheers to more K-pop movies, even if they are like repetitive and whatever. Let's just keep trying. Let's keep yeah. making some more and we'll figure it out. I mean, at the very <laughs> least we'll get really good performances. Yeah. Out of the movies. And if I have to listen so to the same statement about a fan's love 20 times in order to see that performance mm-hmm. on the big screen, I will. I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. All right. And with that, we'll be right back with our random game. All right, we are back. And this week, the random number generator gave us a boy group that's come up a few times on this show before, dear to our hearts, and that is Unique. Yay, Unique. U-N-I-Q, stylized, all in caps. Uh, Unique was... Technically, they're not really together anymore. They're not like disbanded, but they haven't done anything in four years. Um, So Unique was a five-member group that was um, originally supposed to have been a YG collaboration with a Chinese company called Yuhua Entertainment. But uh, eventually, the boys just debuted under Yuhua. So Yuhua is their like management company. And I believe all five members are still under Yuhua Entertainment. Mm. There are two Korean members and three Chinese members. So Zhu Yisha Yi Zhao Yisha Yishua. Oh fuck! Oh no! Because <laughs> I'm not doing these. So you. <laughs> I got this. I got this. I got this. Zhu Yishuan, Kim Songju, Lee Wenquan, Cho Songyeon, and Wang Yibo. One of whom is Woods. Woods is here. Woods always pops up. Songyeon. This is what Sung-yeon Woods is from. Is yes, Woods? That's Woods. Um, so they, like I said, originally supposed to be YG, all five members trained under YG, but eventually debuted under Yuhua. They debuted with the single called Falling in Love in 2014, which was released both in China and Korea. And they promoted both. Their debut stage was M Countdown, but they promoted in both uh, China, Taiwan and Korea. Um, they eventually released their one and only EP, which is called EO EO, um, and then later made a Japanese uh, debut as well. Um, and they like promoted in different countries, but they eventually um, sort of like petered out, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, they released like multiple singles. They never released another EP or a full studio album. Um, but they've been on an indefinite hiatus since 2018. Um, and it says, although they have not officially disbanded, the members have pursued independent projects. Yibo is an actor. He's in the untamed and a bunch of other stuff. Um, when, when Juan debuted, uh, on a group called U nine, he was on a, um, uh, competition. Oh, no, no, no. Yi Xuan was on the competition show. He was the other Chinese member. Um, he was on a competition show. Uh, no, actually, maybe it was. What? I don't remember. One of them was on a, one of the Chinese members was on a, a, a competition show. And Yibo was one of the like mentors or like judges or whatever. And mm. Yibo was the maknae of Unique. And I believe it's Wen, Wen Huan because I think he was the oldest. Um, and so I re- just remember seeing like clips of like, the older member being the like competitor and Mm. the younger member being the like mentor. And it was awkward and strange. Um, but anyway, and then Song Yeon, uh, Woods was on X one as well. And Song Ju, uh, has since enlisted in the military. Um, 
And yeah, there was a, it says Yishuan released a song called Remember That Day When We, which was dedicated to the unique members and fans, uh, which, and released on the sixth anniversary of their debut in 2020. But that's like the last unique related thing that any of the members have done, sadly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The other interesting thing I see on here that I think is interesting is that they have a bunch of songs on the Chinese soundtracks of like big Hollywood movies like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Penguins of Madagascar and SpongeBob the movie. Like they did Chinese soundtrack songs for those movies, which is cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm sure I have seen this music video before, Probably. but I'm excited to watch it anyway. We are going to watch the music video for EO EO, which was the title track off of their uh, only, only real EP. EP. Yes. And EO EO, it's just like the letters. It's supposed to be like the sound of a siren. And this is their sluttiest song. So very excited. There's a purposeful ab reveal like right. in the chorus choreo. But I will say that like, I feel like this is not a good representative song of their music mm. because it, none of their other songs sound like this. Not a one. Okay. So just know good if note. you really like this song and you go to like listen to the rest of their EP, their EP is fun. I personally think they make like perfect formulaic boy band music. This song is an outlier. Okay. It's a fucking great song, but just know that it's an outlier. All right, so if you want to watch this with us, pull up Unique EO EO and press play when I say go. Three, two, one, go. Oh, cages. Cages and lights hanging from wires. Oh, chains. Their chains are so big. (laughs) All right, so we've got like different shots one of us is in front of big old speakers. We're looking like hip hop and cool. We've got backup dancers with masks on. The There's constant strobe lights. The like cuts between every moment are fast mm. and shaky. It's a very um, frantic kind of. Yeah. We already have a lot of shirtless backup dancers. Oh no, Yibo has cornrows in one shot. Yes, this. he sure does. Oh, that one is so hot, Songju. Oh, we have some mannequins with neon paint on them. Okay, and then this, ooh, this little like refrain, slow body roll and dance is in like a glowy pyramid. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Wow, look at those big old braids. Oh, Yibo, they did bad things to your hair. These dancers being so shirtless is very distracting. It is very, it is very distracting. And I feel like you don't see that very often. Just like a fully shirtless backup dancer. Oh, they have some fire. There is also a performance version of this music video, which is just them in one. It's just like them in one room, like a dirt, whatever. Mm. And there's fire and they just do the performance. I prefer that music video. There's no culturally appropriative hair in it. Ooh, but they they just oh, do this it in part this part where the yeah, fire yeah, yeah. is. Are those tattoos real? Oh, no, they're, no, they're not real. Because I I know Woods has lots of big tattoos. Yes, but, but... this is when they're babies. Oh my God! The backup dancers are crawling and they're riding them like dogs. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> 
Oh no, the neon paint, it's everywhere. That was woods. <laughs> Fast rapping. That one, so fine. Mm. I mean, this is definitely not a group with uggos in it. Oh no, they're all they're all good looking. When we first oh my God, watched the them, the dancers are doing the craziest shit. <laughs> there it is. Oh, there's our ab lift. It happens multiple times in the actual choreo, so I recommend the performance version mm. of this. Yeah, wow. unique. Unique. I fucking love that song. Every time it comes on, I like blare it. It's such a good one. There's also a dance practice version of that. Well, there you if go. If you want to watch it. Um. All right. It's weekly recommendation time, and I, honest to God, have not even opened my computer since last week. Like, <laughs> I don't. I watched Queendom. Like, I keeping up with Queendom 2 is kind of the only thing I have going on in my life. The, a Monster X comeback happened today. I, I have watched, not watched I it I watched yet. the teaser for that <laughs> music video and was like, ooh, it sounds funky and sexy and cool. Haven't watched it yet, though. Um, but yeah, I have nothing to re- I don't have anything to recommend I don't think I don't have anything other than to say like even if you're not watching Queendom 2 I really think that everybody should be watching the stages from Queendom 2 um oops sorry <laughs> it's okay <laughs> because they're fucking great and uh I mean this week last week's state round was cover songs so people like reimagined beautiful stuff like Luna's reimagined version of Shake It I just saw today like broke some kind of record for oh, all wow. the Queendom Kingdom shows for like downloads or something because wow. they did like a fun big band version of it. Mm-hmm. Kyolan did a Luna song and like made it crazy. Brave Girls redid a Kepler song and made it crazy. Like I don't know there's great it's the just, covers were really good. If the you don't have time really to watch good. Queendom which I don't think most people have time to watch Queendom it's two hours long every week. It's really a lot but Watch the stages. Mm. Just watch the stages and appreciate some, some like achievements in K-pop performance. I think Absolutely. that's like the only thing I've seen that I can recommend. And like, I if always, you're not watching yeah. those, you should look them up. And I always love seeing idol groups cover another idol's songs. Yeah. And these are fun because they have to make them their own in some way. Um, but I actually do have a relevant recommendation, oh, good. which is the Baby the Eight. He put out another uh, art music video um and it's called abyss um it's you if you just type in the eight contemporary art it will show up it's like a four and a half minute um video it's a dance um to i believe it's just an instrumental there it might be him singing in it i know at the very end it um uses a clip from ha chang his like recent chinese single that he put out which is valid um but it's it's a like super modern contemporary dance like if you don't like modern dance don't watch it (laughs) because it's artsy as fuck but it's exactly what i love and it like starts with him like die like he's like falling in water and like in white and flowy and then it goes to like him in a warehouse and he does this like incredible dance sequence with uh male and female backup dancers and there's like a part of it that's like a partner dance it's very cool i love my artiste 
the eight contemporary art abyss. Beautiful. Love that. That's perfect. Um, all right. Well, that is it for this week. Again, thank you to everybody who watched the 17 movie and took time to write us or leave us a message so that we could include you in the episode. I love doing things together. Yeah. It's very fun. And I love that some people made friends at the theater. That's cute. I know. I think that's so great. I think that's so great. Um, so if you would like to get in contact us, we contact with us. We can be found at amakpoppod on Twitter and Instagram, amakpoppod at gmail.com. 181 amakpop5 is our uh, phone number. And I learned this week that you can text that number. I don't know if like, if you're too scared to leave us a voicemail, but want to like send a text, you can do that. Whatever you want. That number, (laughs) that's how it works. It's a voicemail or you can text it. But if you call it, I won't pick it up. That's (laughs) that's the deal. Um, But you can do that. Uh, We also have P.O. Box 26096, Los Angeles, California, 90026. If you want to send us mail. Um, Patreon.com slash pod. As previously mentioned, I'm doing Queendom 2 recaps. So even if you aren't watching Queendom 2 and just need to know context in between the performances I just told you to watch, you can listen to me recap uh, Queendom 2 every single week on Patreon. We usually do Patreon once a month, but right now it's weekly till Queendom is over as a special treat. Um, So you can check that out. And Linktree slash Pop will take you to uh, playlists and... And all of these things. All of these things where you can find us and go to our Discord and talk to other people and have a great time. And that's all. And we'll be back next week. And we love you. And goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Jonghyun, you're our inspiration. Bye.